Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. to the dungeon like i just imagine you both like walking down the stairs clutching each other's hands like what are we getting ourselves into we were having this party with the neighbors and there was moonshine all over the place and so i had some i had no idea how strong it was and i got as he likes he lovingly calls it white girl wasted And also knowing that you can explore it in the realm of fantasy without actually opening up your marriage unless and until you get to the point where both of you feel comfortable. And comfortable isn't the right word. Excited. Enthusiastic. (laughs) Grown and evolved and changed over the years. When you go back and listen to me, I was vanilla as fuck in the beginning. And I'm like, I am never doing that. That is, I don't even know why people like that. That just seems so gross. No, don't face fuck me. Don't take my head and shove it down on your dick. Like, I don't like that. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. It's another great Saturday, and I have two fantastic guests that I've been wanting to have on for a long time. Today, we're going to learn about the secret world of alternative sex happening just beyond the white picket fences and manicured lawns of suburbia, including couple swapping, sex toys, king call passes, unicorns, impact play, swinger parties, nude resorts, and a whole lot more, guys. Today's guests are Ams and Cat and their two friends in open marriages and the hosts of the Two Hot Wives podcast. They're going to share their experiences and advice on unconventional sex. Ladies, welcome to the show. Hi, Layla. Hey, Layla. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you so much. I'm glad we finally got this done. This has been in the works for a while. Yeah. Yes, it's been a minute. I know. Well, I'm glad that we're doing it. And I would love to jump in with just getting to know. So how do you two know each other in the first place? We met on a couple's date. That's what we call it. Yeah. So Kat and I are are both in open marriages. It's something we started exploring a few years ago, four years ago for Mr. Ams and I. And a little longer for us, I think more like five or six years ago for Mr. Kat and I. Yeah. And we met on a couple's date about three three years ago. Mr. Ams and I were heading to a a nude resort. It's sort of not so open secret that it's a like a lifestyle swinger resort. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kat and her husband had had gone many times. So they said, you have to meet up with us. Let's get drinks. We'll tell you everything you need to know before you go. Yeah, I really wanted to get together with them before they left because I had so many little tidbits to share that I thought were important. So Awesome advice. Fantastic. And we just immediately clicked. We became really close friends. Mr. Cat is super hot. So there's like that (laughs) attraction. uh, Yeah, really hot too. He's a handsome guy. Yeah. Yeah. So we, it can be very tough if you are, if you imagine dating as a a single woman, how tough it can be to find a really great partner, potential connection. Multiply that by four. It's really tough. Right. 
Because it can't just be the guy. Like, I can't just be interested in Mr. Ams. I have to really like Ams. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's been my struggle. (laughs) It's it's tough. It's a sort of a one in a hundred thing. And we just immediately had that strong four-way connection. And it's been it's been going strong for three plus years. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So and how did you guys then get into podcasting? What what made you decide, hey, I know, let's let's start a podcast and talk about all this stuff. Sure. Well, so we learned a lot about the swinging lifestyle or or ethical non-monogamy. A lot of people who are not in it call it swinging, but we prefer the term ENM, ethical non-monogamy or or lifestyle. And we learned about it through podcasts for the most part. There were a lot of couples podcasts out there that were sort of teaching you how to be a good swinger. And it was incredibly valuable resource because it's hard to find that information online or or to find something that you feel is reliable. Um, But there wasn't anybody out there talking about it from a like a uniquely female perspective, it's mostly couples right. and and a lot of mansplaining <laughs> happening. We just felt like the the woman's voice needed to be heard. A girlfriend's guide. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, we would get together and talk about dates that we had had with other people, what went well, what didn't go well, it, getting advice from each other on issues around sex and play. And and we felt like that was a good resource to put out there for women or for the men who love women who were interested in exploring sexuality and in particular, less conventional sex like open marriage or kink. Yeah. And so are you both, okay, I heard an episode where you were breaking down kind of like you were talking about your name, but you know, are you both hot wives or are you hot wifing? And what is the difference? Ah, that's a very good question. Yeah. Well, we came up with the name to Hot Wives because we are hot wives, not right. because we're hot wives. And I said something to Ams about the word hot wife. I'm like, that means something, you know. And she's like, well, I, I don't know that it's, it has to be that strict. So we decided to sort of broaden the term. Yeah. So if your listeners aren't familiar with the kink of hot wifing, it's this idea that a woman can go and have sexual experiences with someone other than her husband with the enthusiastic consent of her husband. It's as much uh, his kink as it is her kink. Um, sometimes it's even more his kink than it is her kink. And he likes the idea of, of sharing his wife with other people, this sort of royal privilege. And um, we certainly are both women in uh, committed marriages and we have multiple play partners. So by that definition, we are absolutely hot wives. In terms of how super into hot wifing our husbands are. It varies. It varies. Mr. Ams is not so into hot wifing. And Mr. Cat kind of likes it. He kind of loves it. Yeah. Yeah. Does Does Mr. Cat get a little into the cuckolding side of it a little bit? No. No. Definitely not. Definitely not. Because there's a lot on the spectrum, right? I mean, I, and I, I know you guys are really good at breaking down what each thing means. And I love that. So I'll let you keep going. But it's important because I think people get, there's a lot of misconceptions about all these terms. Yeah. Well, and for every kink or sex act that we explore, we try to kind of deconstruct it and figure out different aspects of it and take what we like and leave what we don't. Exactly. So hot wifing is a great example of that. For some people, they really enjoy the cuckold dynamic, the humiliation dynamic. So they might be sitting on a bed 
with a partner, a bull, and like looking at their husband saying, you're never going to fuck me as well as he does, or he has such a big cock and like yours is so little. So that can be part of it, but it's not part of the play that either one of us engage in with our husbands. It's more about like the voyeur and and exhibitionism Mm -hmm. of it. So the guys, Mr. Cat in particular, like really likes to watch Cat with another partner. So that's the part of the hot wafing that 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 they really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And for Mr. Ams and I, he's actually more of like the bull and the exhibitionist. So we find that we play more in that space where he'll go explore with other partners and maybe tell me about it. Yeah. Is he and he is he the bull in their scenario? That's right. He loves yeah. to be like the experienced third. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So there's a story. Well, we kind of we already just went through that. We went through the story behind your your podcast name. Have you ever thought of, I think, rebranding that or you're just gonna leave it at that? It's confusing. I think for some of our listeners who are familiar with the term hot wifing. That being said, I think it's really consistent with what we're trying to do, which is take some of these kinks that are like super male driven and kind of considered from the male perspective and flipping that shit on its head and taking a more like female centric approach. So we're reclaiming the term hot wives. (laughs) I love it. And that fits perfectly based on what you just said right there. So how did you both end up in open marriages? I'm just curious, like, I want to explain the scenario between you and your spouses where you arrived at this and what that conversation was like or how did it get there? Sure. Well, Mr. Cat and I have been married over 20 years and we had had children and and all of that. And he was traveling a lot for work. And so he started sending me erotica. And that was sort of a fun way that we could communicate back and forth in a sexual way, even though we weren't able to be together all the time. And the stories just got hotter and hotter. And then one time he sent me a story that sort of pushed the envelope of ENM, ethical non-monogamy. And it was interesting. And when he got home, I was like, is this something you're interested in? This is really not something you've sent me before. And so we got to talking more about it and the conversation just got more and more detailed. And I was open to it. We started looking into some podcasts, like We Got a Thing Mm -hmm. and a book by Christopher Ryan, Sex at Dawn. And it just made a lot of sense and it sounded exciting. And we talked about it for a long, long time before we actually decided to do anything. Yeah. And then we just took the leap. Yeah. And I think for Mr. Ams and I, we had a wake up call that I think a lot of people experience when they've been married a long time. Friends of ours had like a surprise out of the blue divorce. She went to him one day and said, we are just two people who chauffeur our kids around from activity to activity. And I don't want to be married to a roommate anymore. And I'm leaving you. And it was such a shock to both of us. They seemed so happy that we went to our favorite bar out in the mountains and got really drunk and just had a big open conversation about how to commit to our marriage, how to have more fun, how to make sure that when our kids are leave us, right, they, they go off and they have their own adventures, that we still want to be married to each other. We're not so old that we want to give up having our own adventures. And we, we drank our beers and we talked about like, what are all the different ways that we could have fun? We want to travel more. We want to eat amazing food. We want to go to concerts. But inevitably, we started 
started talking about sex and the conversation would be, have you ever been interested in this? How interested are you in this? And it it was, we actually started more with kink than we did with open marriage. So we didn't talk that much about the idea of having multiple partners, but we did decide to go to a dungeon, a local dungeon in the, the city near where we live. And that kind of gave us a whole new vocabulary for things like lifestyle and and impact play and uh, spanking. And it just, uh, it was- what, what happened? What happened when that first trip to the dungeon? Like, I just, I just <laughs> imagine you both like walking down the stairs, clutching each other's hands. Like, what are we getting ourselves into? Oh my God. I felt physically ill. I really thought I was going to throw up. I was so nervous. But this dungeon, and I think this is pretty common, has like a 101 night. So imagine going to Costco, if you will, (laughs) and they have all the samples out on Saturday morning, except the samples are like, these are all the different ways that you can explore impact play, which is, you know, spanking or with different implements or, or restraints. They had, you know, demonstrations on how to do shibari rope time and uh, wax play and all sorts of stuff. And uh, I got on the spanking bench and was a demonstration model for somebody spanking me. And that was the first time in, in almost 20 years that somebody other than Mr. Ams had touched me sexually and I almost lost my damn mind. It was so hot. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. We went, we had gotten a hotel that night. We went back to the hotel and had just mind-blowing sex coming off of all that adrenaline and that, you know, new experience. And we went to the dungeon a few times after that. And that's basically how we learned about the lifestyle community. Wow. I love that. I love what both of you did, did there because it's just like, this is what in my mind marriage should be about. It's It boggles my mind when people say, well, I can't talk to my partner about this, even though like these are their wants, needs, and desires. And I just think, well, who can you talk to about it then? I mean, this is your person. You know, what, what are you doing here? You know, like make this fucking great. That's the one person in this world that you really should be able to talk to about anything. And if you can't, you might have a problem. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Right. If you can't communicate and be honest with each other, I mean, that's what I hear a lot, you know, over the years of doing this show is people will just say whatever it is. They fill in the blanks with, well, I just, I can't talk to my partner about that or I can't say that or, you know, and I'm like, well, you better because if not, you're going to be heading towards divorce court. Sure. Yeah, we like you to know? say, use your motherfucking words. That's right. You just totally. have to say Totally, use your yeah. motherfucking words. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand this from adults. It boggles my mind when I hear that stuff. I'm like, you can say it, you just won't. So I don't, I don't know what, why that is, but you, you know, you can, but you won't. And in doing that, it's the difference between having this amazing, great marriage right. with your person to just like that. Your friend there said the roommates shuttling people to mm-hmm. sporting events. I don't know. Well, there's, And what you realize when you start to talk about what you want and what you like, it opens the door for them to talk about what they want and what they like. And you just don't realize that there's a back and forth here. They have things probably that they want to say and want to talk about too, but don't feel like they can. Yeah. Someone yeah. has to move forward. Yes. Absolutely. So while you're doing all this great fun stuff, has there been any point where jealousy comes into play? Because I think a lot of people that are monogamous can't get their heads around sharing of their of their loved one, of their partner. 
Yeah. That is probably the most common question that we get around the issue of ethical and non-monogamy. How do you manage jealousy? I think the first thing I would say is ethical non-monogamy is not for everybody. If you are a person who... Jealousy is generally a form of attachment issues, like attachment insecurity. So if you don't feel super attached to your partner, if you don't feel like you're on really solid footing, ENM is probably not a space that you should explore until the two of you are on solid ground. Personally, I buy into the idea that sex and love are two very different things. They go together really well. Like, like Christopher Ryan says, it's like cheese and wine. They, they're fantastic when you pair them together, but they're also really great separate. And uh, so you can have really wonderful sex with people that you like, people that you respect, but you don't necessarily love. So that I don't worry so much about like Mr. Ams falling in love with someone or leaving me for someone else. And I think that's where a lot of the jealousy stems from. Everyone, so, so a lot of swingers will also only play together. And that's one way that they can manage any feelings of like FOMO or jealousy because they can see their partner and they really compartmentalize the um, sexual experiences they have with other people. But if you do play separately, like Mr. Ams and I do, and Mr. Cat and Cat do, then uh, it's a lot about communication. Sometimes it's about sitting with uncomfortable feelings and kind of exploring where they came from. What What is it about this experience where Mr. Ams went off to play with with two other people and it bothered me. What bothered me about it? Oh, well, there were dishes in the sink and he didn't do the dishes before he left or what, you know, it's not necessarily the things that you think will bother you. And it's really important to like learn how to deal with uncomfortable feelings. Mm -hmm. Yes, no, absolutely. I feel like this too, you know, this is really going to push you and your communication skills to their limit. (laughs) Right, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to be, you have to be ready for that, which I love. I mean, like to me, I'm like, I'm all about it. I'm just like, let's put it all out there. It only gets uncomfortable when something hasn't been covered properly mm-hmm. beforehand. And then that's where little little things can start to happen. But do you remember what your first open experience was after opening up your marriages and what happened and what was it like? <laughs> and what did you do right? And what did you wish you did better? I do, definitely. So Mr. Cat and I had been on three dates when we first started. We had a profile and Mr. Cat had met some people through just talking back and forth. And we had gone on these dates and they weren't quite what we had expected. I think we just didn't know what we were doing. And and uh, But date number four, we walked in and I was like, oh, now we're talking. Because this was a very, very good looking couple. Once we sat down to talk to them, we just really, we hit it off. And so we made a second date. And and sort of in, in our world, the second date is usually the play date. So they had us over to their house for dinner, a steak dinner, which is also code for we're having sex tonight. <laughs> is it? It is. <laughs> it's maybe just our code. We, we kind of joke around uh, about it. Yes. Oh, okay, some, okay. If, if they swinger, invite you over for steak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want to get in your pants. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, so, I didn't know. I'm like, oh, maybe this is like some insider swinger <laughs> thing. I, like, secret... Swinger code, if we're having steak, it's on. It's on. So we went over to their house and I was really nervous and they had great wine and I can't really drink wine. For one thing, your glass is never empty. So you never know how much you've had. And so the, the right. glass keeps getting filled up and I'm drinking and I'm having a good time. And, and they're like, well, let's go to the basement area. We have a hot tub and they had this 
sort of playroom all set up with a hot tub. We put on our suits and got in the hot tub and we just started to have some fun and the bathing suits came off and we moved to the bedroom and we had a fantastic time with them. And then Mr. Cat describes it as I like bolted up and said, oh, the room's kind of spinning, which was his cue to get us the hell out of there. He popped Uh up and was like, okay, well, I guess we need to go. And he scooted me into the bathroom, helped me get dressed. And I was like, we did make it out the door without any incident. But as soon as we drove around the corner, he had to pull over so I could throw up. So that was a a really (laughs) great experience that also was not so great at the end. But yeah, it was good. It was good. I felt better after that. (laughs) There's a really steep learning curve Mm -hmm. to ethical non-monogamy, open marriage. And one of the lessons that most of us learn at some point is... Don't drink too much. Don't drink too much. It doesn't end well. Right. (laughs) I know. I I had an incident myself for one of the guys I was with at the time. He was actually ended up being my dominant. He had made some moonshine. (laughs) And we were having this party with the neighbors and... There was moonshine all over the place. And so I had some. I had no idea how strong it was. Yeah. And I got, as he likes, he lovingly calls it white girl wasted. (laughs) And he literally had to carry me back to his place. But when he took my necklaces off to hold my hair back while I was getting sick, I was like, like, literally, I'm like, okay, there's something to this guy. I need to dig deeper. I need, you know, like, sure. I remember, that was, yeah. And he really took really good, like, I wanted to stay on the floor. You know how when you don't feel good, if everything's spinning, you're like, don't touch me. Why do they always want to touch you and move you? I'm like, do not move me to the secondary location. This is where even worse shit is going to happen. Leave me right here. But he made me get up and he wouldn't let me sleep on the floor. He made sure I got into bed with him and all that stuff. And uh, he was a perfect gentleman, but man, I was messed up. (laughs) Yeah. Moonshine can get pretty evil. I don't know why I got, I got, got, went off on a tangent there with that one, but... I think uh, with my nerves and nervousness with around him, I would have a tendency to want to cut the edge with a little drink. And yep. <laughs> that night, I just didn't know what I was getting into. Yep. I did exactly the same thing. Yep. Yeah. And what about, and so, okay. All right. Now, any anything else? Any other stories on your first time? What about your first time? Well, this is Ams. I, we did not have such a great first play date. We'd met a couple. We'd met the same scenario. We get on the apps. There's a lot of apps that are sort of, and, and websites that are designed specifically for couples meeting couples. So we went through the whole process is just like online dating if you're a singleton, except more complicated. <laughs> and we'd met a couple. They were also brand new. They were super nice. They brought a bottle of Menage a Trois wine with them on our first date, which was adorable. Like how cute is that, that they found uh, (laughs) themed wine. Um, But we just, we were the blind leading the blind. It was super, super fumbly. The sex wasn't great. The communication wasn't great. The other guy went to the bathroom at some point and kind of flipped out because we hadn't stopped everything and waited for him to come back. There were performance issues. So like all the things that you would expect to go wrong went wrong. And it took two or three tries before we really had a a successful play date. And like Kat said, I think typical swinger culture is that you meet for drinks or something on a first date. If you feel that connection, second date is often play. What I found in my experience is 
I really need to get to know people a lot better than that. So I joke that I'm like a swinger counterculturalist. Like I need to know you for six months before I'm actually going to have sex with you. And then it's just so much better. And even still, first experiences tend to be a little bit fumbly. But if you're friends, you know each other, you're going to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Like the second time is usually pretty great. And then the third time is like phenomenal. Well, and we've created sort of a community now where we have a lot of friends. And so we get the opportunity to really get to know people a lot better before jumping dates are happening. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Now you said something I want to really go back on. I want to make make a point of it. You said that usually by the third date, that's when the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because now you're in sync. You guys are really like lining up. Yeah. So as we talked about before, like communication is such a huge part of any kind of, of sex and any kind of relationship. So you get better at communicating with a new partner. That's kind of like what spurred all of this. It's like, I didn't want to have lousy sex with people I didn't know. That just was like intolerable. So who wants that? Right. Right. And I mean, the not so secret secret about swinging is there's a lot more talking than there is fucking like, I hope you're enjoying this episode. I'm so sad it has to end. Are you craving more content with me? Don't worry, I've got you covered. Go even deeper with me on my private podcast. You get four additional episodes a month published every Friday, revealing outtakes from my super private personal audio journal, things said after the show but when I'm still recording, the inside scoop on who's been naughty and who's been naughtier, bombshells I've kept to myself this whole entire time, things I can only talk about with a more intimate group of listeners, and additional surprise bonus content so hot it makes even me blush. So when you finish this episode and you're still craving more, please allow me to satiate you. Just head over to thecuriousgirldiaries.com and click on exclusive or click on the link in the show notes. All right, on with the show. So much communication that has to happen with your partner, with your primary partner, with a new partner. But even still, you don't know each other's bodies, usually the first time around. And so a second time, a third time, you you learn what your partner's like. You learn how you kind of fit together. And it can be a really beautiful thing. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. So you guys are podcasting anonymously like myself. And I want to know why you've chosen to keep your identity secret. Well... We talk about this a lot. We're not ashamed of the lifestyle that we have, but we live in the real world and we have jobs. My kids are in school and we know other podcasters who've been outed and really had some miserable things happen. And so I don't want, or we don't want any of that blowback to come back on our kids. We don't want to embarrass them. Mine are teenagers. Ams has a teenager and Mm -hmm. a little younger daughter, but we just, we want to protect them from other people putting their opinions on them and making them feel bad. So... It is completely because of the kids, right? We don't want, we have minor children and and we have responsibilities to them. But, you know, the one thing I would say is I do think the world is changing Mm -hmm. on this. So we're kind of like early Gen X, late millennials, people who are 10 years younger than us. This is not a big deal to them. So I think that it's kind of exciting to ride this wave of normalizing sexual behavior and of women who have their wives, their mothers, their business owners, they have other responsibilities and can still have amazing sex. Like I do think in the not so distant future, there's going to be a lot more of us who are going to be more open about who we are and what we do. And we do contemplate the idea that we will be open at some point. We just haven't decided when that will be. (laughs) Yeah. 
No, I love hearing that. And I, I totally agree with that. I think that it, there's been a lot of change around that. It's exciting. I'm excited to see what comes of it because I do feel like we're moving towards a generationally, other people that wouldn't be accepting of it, they're going to start expiring. And right. <laughs> <the> younger, <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest, right? right? That's what we're talking about here. Right. And the younger, the people that are slightly younger than us, they're going to be, they're already there. You know, it's like to them, it's like, this is just not a big deal. And I, I love that. I love that it's becoming more and more just normalized. And I hate to overuse that word, you know, let's normalize this, but literally let's, nor- I mean, it's about fucking time. I always tell people it's only the reason, you know, sex is so important to us. It's such a big part of who we are as human beings. And it's only the reason we're still here on this planet to this day. We all got here because somebody, you know, we, they, they had sex. Hello. <laughs> I'm sorry to break this to you, but your mom had sex. <laughs> yes. Your parents had sex at least once <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to have you that we know about. So, you right. know, I know it's, it's crazy, but I am, I, I do agree with you. I, and it's exciting. I love, I love seeing the, just the evolution of it, even just since I've started, you know, just over seven years. It's, I well, think it's, it's really exciting more more. that we've gotten to be a part of that. Yeah. Like you and us, you know, putting out yeah. the content that we put out. I have to think that it, it helps in opening people's minds and thinking, well, they sound normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, we're I, completely normal. We're normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you ran into Kat and I at the grocery store, we look everybody else maybe slightly hotter than, than your <laughs> yeah, average right. We're not mom. hiding our bodies as much right. as like we're, We are proud of the fact that we look good, that we're, you know, sexy women. But like you would run into us at the soccer game, at the football game, at the grocery store. We are like normal suburban wives and mothers. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can see that. I'd be like, I said to myself when I saw you guys, I'm like, oh, they look, they look like two soccer moms. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, there they yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> yep. like, yeah. So I'm with you. I really, that's my, that's kind of my, uh, my biggest hope for this show, you know, is that it made a difference and that it helped people be more open about and in touch with, you know, who they are sexually and that then they get to take that knowledge and expand their those experiences that they want to have with their, you know, with a loving partner. So I just, I think we are, I think we're moving the needle a little bit. So That's right. So proud of that. Yay us. Yes. <laughs> we're the brave pioneers. Yes. So my listeners often ask me how to approach their spouses about opening up their relationships. What would you two advise and that they should do and maybe also some things to avoid or be aware of? Well, I mean, for us, it's just about probably discovering what it is that you want first, really nailing down what it is that you're interested in. And then just, you just have to use your motherfucking words. Yeah. I think having an open-ended conversation, asking not yes or no questions, but really open questions, and then shutting the fuck up and letting your partner express their desires, their fears, their concerns. And uh, Kat, you always say this, I think it's so important. Like you have to approach it as a team. If you are married, if you're in a committed relationship and you want to explore opening up that marriage, you are accountable to your spouse. Mm -hmm. And so it is a two yeses, one no decision. Yeah, absolutely. So saying this is something that turns me on. It's something that I'm really excited to explore. What do you think about that? And letting them talk for a while. And also knowing that you can explore it in the realm of fantasy without actually opening up your marriage unless and until you get to the point where both of you feel comfortable and comfortable 
comfortable isn't the right word. Excited, enthusiastic <laughs> about yeah. exploring because it it will feel a little bit uncomfortable for a while. But there are so many different ways that you can explore the idea of being watched or watching other people, of being with someone else without actually taking that step. So that can be a good place to start. Erotica, pornography, just whispering like dirty fantasies in each other's ears or role-playing is a great way to explore whether or not this might turn you on. I also think that you need to also take a step back and look at your sex life, your relationship. Are you doing everything that you can to make it the best that it can be just between the two of you? Finding ways to have more exciting experiences with just your partner is a way to become closer. And when you become closer, you can have conversations that don't feel threatening. Because if you're not in a good place to begin with, you should not talk to your partner about yeah. opening yeah, your marriage sex up. Sex won't fix it. Yeah, that's sex not going to fix it. it. Yeah. Sex won't you know, fix it. Sex is a problem when it's a problem because you're not close enough. You're not intimate enough to have those activities, those actions, those those feelings. They all have to come from the closeness that you have with your partner first. So I, I always say work on your own togetherness first, your relationship, the two of you together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very good advice. Now, I want to know what have been your best and worst experiences you've had in this lifestyle so far? Ooh. Oh my God, best and worst. Well, I would say a really important experience in my journey was when the four of us went on a vacation in the middle of COVID. We rented a house in St. Thomas and spent the whole week just having <laughs> sex and talking and taking sexy pictures. And yeah. like, and it gave me a sense of, like how amazing and meaningful these relationships can be. And it's not just about the sex for me. And if it were just about the sex, I'm not sure that I'd still be in the lifestyle. It's really about the connections that you can build and the community that you can build and just being surrounded by like-minded people is absolutely amazing. So that, and the sex was like cosmic and mind-blowing. So that was, and we have a whole episode called Sex Vacation that is about that trip. In terms of really bad experiences. I have a hard time even thinking of something. You know, we've had some not so great sex, but as you get to know how to choose partners that you're, you know, I I think there's a certain amount of pressure in the swing community to jump into bed pretty quickly. And so some of the worst experiences that I've had are just with people who I kind of greenlit and said, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's go ahead and have sex with them. And uh, I just wasn't that attracted to them. So there's nothing that they did wrong. I've never, 99.9% of the guys that I meet through the lifestyle are total gentlemen. They don't cross boundaries. They're good at communicating. So that's That's not the issue. It's just learning more about what I like, communicating about what I like, being patient with myself and taking the time that I need to like develop that attraction to someone has made like, I mean, all the sex has been really fucking phenomenal (laughs) recently. But yeah, if it's a bad experience, it's because I I just wasn't really that attracted to the person that I was with. Yeah, I have to agree with Ams. That vacation was pretty phenomenal. And I think that was in a year when we weren't getting together with people. We didn't know what to do. But the four of us had become such close friends and we felt like it was safe for just the four of us to go and rent a house where no one else was going to be. And we just had an amazing time. And it was really like four people in in a house for a week. Yeah. You do a lot of communicating and we became, I think, even closer on that trip. And that was by far the best experience we've had as far as bad experiences go. I have to say is when I haven't 
communicated sufficiently what I want and what I don't want. And I ended up putting myself in a position that I don't really, I'm not turned on by. It's not what I want. It's not where I want to be. So that's a very general statement. Like what? I know. I want to (laughs) more specific. I don't really enjoy impact play. It's something that Am's is has oh, fun um, with. She yeah. loves it. I don't. Yeah. And I think I wanted to like it. I wanted to I wanted to explore everything. I want to try it all. But I wasn't really listening to my myself and I wasn't really thinking about, you know, truly, truly, what do I really want? I don't like it. So I put myself in a position where impact play was part of the part of the thing. And it's actually it's something that we explored on the podcast. And I don't regret doing it because I learned a lot through that. And I think that my experience maybe helped others. But I would say anytime you, you're you not sure if you want to explore something, you really you really should listen to your to your intuition, to your gut. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yes, that is, let me say that again. It's <laughs> it, when you, this really doesn't work if you're doing things that you feel inherently just isn't right for you. And you don't have to have a good reason or a bad reason for it. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and whoever you're with has to respect that. Yeah. Yeah. And had I used my words, yeah. well, and to be honest, I mean, I don't think I realized I was going to have that kind of reaction. I thought it was interesting. I, I think I said like, well, just don't hit me hard. <laughs> you know, just something light. But, right. you know, thinking that I was going to try it. And I don't regret it because I did learn a lot from that experience. But I would say that was probably it for me. Just learning to listen to my own voice. Yeah. I've learned over the years, I don't say never anymore. I will say, yeah, I just am not into that. Right now I can tell you that that's not for me. And Mm -hmm. I try to think, because as I grown and evolved and changed over the years, when you go back and listen to me, I was vanilla as fuck in the beginning. And I'm like, I am never doing that. That is, I don't even know why people like that. That just yeah. seems so gross. Oh, don't face fuck me. Don't take my head and shove it down on your dick. Like, I don't like that. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I was so, you know, had had just, and I had, I would say a lot of no's. I will never, I will never. And then mm-hmm. sure enough, it's, I actually love it. I actually love to have that example for myself to go see. Look at that. You contradicted yourself there, 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 and there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's just all this wonderful learning experience. But a lot of that stuff now, I just love. You know, like it gets me so wet, <laughs> so hot, you Great. know, and I'm like, but again, you just, you have to, you just have to be open-minded and try things. And then like, like you said, with the impact, like, you know, when you have that experience, you're like, okay, now I just know. Now I know. Just it's not going to do that me. again. Sure. Yeah. 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 I love it. Okay. Because a lot of people worry that that's what's going to happen to them. You know, they worry they're going to find themselves in something that they don't really enjoy. And and I want to be honest with people, when, when you're exploring, that does happen, right? But That happens. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. It's okay. But it's okay. You know, it's not like anything well, you, terrible comes You can it. stop in the middle of it and say, you know, this really isn't working Absolutely. for me. Yeah. Yeah. And not to, you know, obviously there are many people out there who are, uh, you know, who have experienced sexual assault. And and this is, we're not talking about that kind of experience, but if you are open to exploring lots of different sexual experiences, you are not going to like them all. Sometimes it's going to be not your thing. And I think taking sex off the pedestal a little bit and be like, yeah, it's just sex. We This wasn't a great, enjoyable experience. I'm going to learn for, from it and jump back in the saddle is also like, we should be resilient about that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So what's your go-to signature move to get yourself off and your partner off? To at the, Like at the same time or just <laughs> one than the other? 
You can take it either way. You can say like, when I do this, I'm finishing him and me, or I do this to finish him or her, and I do this to finish myself. Okay, so I'll tell you my, what I've discovered is one of my favorite things, hands. Oh my God. Mr. Cat has this thing that he does with his hands. It's so deliberate. It's like when you're having sex with someone and your your bodies are moving and everybody's, you know, moving and everything's happening. But when you lay in a man's lap and he has his hands on you and he's doing things very deliberate just to push your buttons, the visual in my head and the whole thing is so erotic to me that I can hardly hold it. When Mr. Cat... Do you love hands too? I'm like, oh, I, how can you not love hands? I, I love my God. Oh, a man's hands. Just oh. like... Oh. Just touching you all over. We get out the coconut oil mm. and he's just yes. rubbing it all over my breasts and down to my pussy. And he's just touching yeah. me and just, oh, just really, really gets me going. Yeah. I love, me, love oh. it. I can't hold on. I'm with you. I'm He'll with edge you. me. No, I know. He'll edge oh, me for no. a long time and oh. I can't hold on. I can't hold on. Uh, yeah. That's good. That's really good. So when I started in the lifestyle, I could not orgasm unless I was using a vibrator. Like that just since then, I've gotten good at orgasming in lots of different ways. But so my like, if I know I want to get off, I'm going to grab a, a toy, a vibrator and put it on my clit and do other things. So like my like go-to lazy sex position that's going to get both of us off is um, standing and bending over the bed. So uh, my ass is in the air and I'm lying down on the bed. I have a clit on my vibrator and my partner's coming at me from behind. I can come pretty fast. He can come pretty fast. We still have time to like binge watch House of Dragon. <laughs> it's, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you were talking earlier about about like the things that you used to say that you don't like anymore. For me, it was blowjobs. Like I was like, you know what? I don't like blowjobs. Like I'm just not into it. And the minute that I said it, I was like, already starting to contradict myself yeah. and be like, okay, well, if I do it this way or that way, I can really like it. So like my other go-to position is my partner sitting on the side of the bed and I'm kneeling on the floor with pillows. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend yes. pillows under the knees and just like giving a really deep, intense blowjob with like the Hitachi wand on my clit. Like that happens really, really I fast. I love that too. Oh, yeah. God. I love yeah. That too. Something about giving a man a blowjob too. Like seeing their face just melt and you know that eye contact when you look up and you see how how much they're enjoying it that's fun it it, it is it especially with a yeah. hitachi wand yeah. i highly recommend <laughs> yeah. yeah now i love all of that you know what else i've recently gotten into is hand jobs took a class from a gal lee jagger you guys should you we should do a pod you should have her on your podcast she taught me this i mean how to give a really good hand job because I'll admit, you know, before I was just doing basically the basic things I was guilty of. I see that on porn. That's what she's doing. Okay. I'm going to do that. I try to watch my individual partners and see like, how do they touch themselves and how do they like to be touched? And I try to be observant that way. But still, if I'm honest, I would go back to at the end, like, okay, let's finish this up and just, just jack them off. Mm -hmm. Jack them as fast as I can, just like they do in the porns. Yeah. Okay. And so then I took this course and what I love about it is I just get to totally pamper him. He has to just lay there and be the receiver. And I am the giver of all of this, what these magic hands can do Mm. drives him 
crazy. The orgasms that he has. I get to edge him and just see all these maneuvers and techniques. And I'm touching a, I'm touching his penis the way I've never known to touch a penis before. Like she just shows you all this stuff. It's amazing. So anyway, that's kind of my new, like really fun thing to do. And I just thought, you know what? I used to want to be the master of the blowjobs, which because I do think I give a good blowjob. But now my bragging rights are my hand jobs. The hand jobs. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, always, yeah. that was always my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Am's was always jobs. really good at the hand jobs and I like to do the blowjobs. And yeah. then she like kind of flipped that. Yeah. 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 Dirty talk too. Well, that's the nice thing. If you're giving a hand job, then yeah. your mouth is free and you can do, you can oh. whisper sweet nothings into their ear or dirty, yeah. dirty, oh, dirty, dirty, super dirty, dirty. Nothings. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Depends. Depends. Sometimes like you, yeah. you want to talk like, dirty, nasty, raunchy stuff. But actually, if you're in an open marriage and you are actually experiencing that kind of like hanging from the chandelier sex, sometimes the dirty talk you want to get into is like loving and sort of fierce monogamy. And you're like my number one. So Sometimes the dirty talk, though, is reliving the sexy stuff be. that you've sure. been doing with your partner. Yeah. Which Mr. Cat loves. Yeah, but you're, <laughs> you are way better at that than I am. <laughs> Oh, so you you guys will you'll talk about that. You'll be recanting a story while you're oh, in yeah. the middle of the sex. Act. Oh, that's hot. Yeah. Oh, he loves that. And he, he does it too. It's yeah. really hot. No, and, I, and I, I, what's cool about that too is I'm not just telling him what was happening, but I'm telling him about what I thought about it and how much it excited me and all the details that were in my head that he didn't know about. So yeah. that yeah. oh he loves it. That's I know. That's the fun stuff. Okay. What's on your sex music playlist? Ooh, <laughs> such a great question. And if people are having sex without music on, I like, it's so it's a waste. It's yes. A, you should have sex with all of your senses and, and listening is a big part of it. We have our own playlist. We do. So we have a, a Spotify hot list that is yeah, we'll send you yeah. a link. You yeah. can put it in the notes. Okay, yes. So, yeah. Yeah, I will put it in the show notes. I love that. Yeah, yes. I need to make one. Can you believe I don't have one? That's I ridiculous. can't believe I it. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, if, what you've am I got, doing? if you've got Spotify. What have I been doing you, with my whole life? I don't know. <laughs> my gosh, living under a rock. <laughs> doing blowjobs under a rock. Stuck in high tit, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so we can check out. Give us a couple, like, Give me a sampling, like just oh a couple God. songs that you. What are you? What's your favorite? Some Billie song Eilish is on there. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I do like when I find that I'm partnering up with baby millennials. I usually queue up the Billie Eilish. <laughs> like, oh my God, she's our queen. We love you. Um, yeah. So that works really well for seducing millennials. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Note yourself. Note yourself. <laughs> No, I don't know. I like Harry Styles' new oh, album yeah. is yeah, really yeah. good. We, um, oh my God, we just heard a song this weekend. We, were, we had a little like sexcapade in Austin and there's a song called Bilingual. Oh. It's like EDM. If you're into EDM music, this mm -hmm. song is so hot. It's like- Unbelievable. Sexy, dirty, beat poetry to like uh, this cool, throbbing, bouncing EDM music. Highly, highly recommend. Okay. All right. Well, I, you got to give me that link and we're going to, I'm going to check it out and then we're going to let it, let all my listeners check it out. Too. Awesome. Oh, and Bonobo. Our, that's our other oh, like go-to. Right. Bonobo is also, Bonobo Radio. Say, he's, not, he's yeah. more like trance than, than EDM, but he's a, a, you know, his music is very cool to have sex to. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Last question. It's a big one though. Uh -oh. Ready? <laughs> if, okay. If you could put something sexual on your epitaph, what would it say? Oh, I know. Do you know? No. Sexual Olympian. 
That's a good one. I, I, you I know, love though, it. You're more of a sexual philosopher. I, yeah, sexual Maybe. or sexual Epicurean. I like that. Yeah, I mean, so there are people out there who do sex work and, and I admire uh, content creators who own their own content and will defend their right to do sex work. We are not sex workers. We're mm-hmm. enthusiastic amateurs. Like we do this for fun right. and not money. But in that tradition of being an amateur, like getting incredibly good, good at it, at yeah. it like yeah. I like to think of myself as a sexual yeah. Olympian. Maybe sexual enthusiast. Yeah. Yeah. Sexual adventurer. There you go. I yeah. like that too. All of those work. <laughs> okay. That's it. <laughs> we're we're and we're going to leave it at that. She, yeah. she, she came. She, she saw. Came she came again. <laughs> yeah. She, there we go. I love multiples. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Tell everybody where they can find you. So, so we are the two hot wives. That's the number two hotwives.com is our website. You can find our podcast, the two hot wives podcast on any podcasting platform, Apple, Spotify, on social media. We are the number two hot wives on Twitter and two hot wives podcast on Instagram. Instagram. And we're on Facebook and Pinterest. Pinterest. We, we do cocktail recipes. You can find those all on Pinterest. Oh, yeah. All right. I think I saw one on your website when you were doing an episode. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. You know where you can find me. You can go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com. And my favorite thing is for you to leave me a voicemail. Click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. You got five minutes. Let it rip. I love to hear from each and every one of you. And I get back to everybody personally. It's a way that you can say hello to me and I can say hello back. All right, everyone. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.